Our topic tonight, uh, I hope you saw it advertised, uh, it really, it's, uh, it's a topic that, that came about from um, an exchange for a friend of mine who sent me a picture, uh, an email of a picture, a little video of a Yid at um, a wedding, a chasna recently. And uh, there was a, there was a, this Yid at this chasna was getting a bit, the, the Yiddish word is favildet. It was favildet. Uh, it's getting a bit wild. It's going a little bit, um, as they say in England, bonkers. And he's jumping up and down, he's spilling and dancing, etc. So my friend just added um, a little uh, note underneath it which said, um, he's been Mekayim the Mitzvah of Mitzvah Gedur Lodiyaz Basim Chatomi. So, okay, fair enough. But I looked at it and it troubled me. Uh, you know, sometimes somebody says something and it starts your mind thinking. And it just occurred to me to think, ask the question, is there a mitzvah gadola liyaz b'sim chatomid? Now, let me, I have to start with a very important hagdama because I don't want to upset anybody here. Um, and that is, I am not for one second disputing that as a hashkofa, as a, a machshava of chassidus, a machshava of Musr, that uh, uh, the idea of being Basimcha Tomid is something which should be a, a wonderful thing to aspire to, and indeed possible. Why? Because if you look in Shar Betochen of the Chobos Lvovos and the third parak, um, and then the, the second parak as well, he goes round, he goes through in great detail, explaining that if we really had absolute Betochen and Hashem is Borach, and Betochen, remember Ramatis Yol Solomon. Ramatzio translates betochen. Uh, I've said this to you before. How, how would anybody here translate the word betochen? Don't be shy. Trust. trust. Normally translate as trust. Ramatzio says no. He translates it as certainty. Vadois, certainty. And he quotes the Ramban. The Ramban famously says that every, every Baal betochen is a Baal amuna, but not every Baal amuna is a Baal betochen. In other words, we teeter, we worry, we're not completely Bali Betochen, and therefore when things happen in our lives, then we, uh, we worry. But if you really were 100% Ibal Betochen, there would be nothing to worry about, and I suppose you would be the Simchatomi. So, again, let me restate that. I'm not arguing with the idea, the Hashkofa, either from Sifri Chasidus or Sifri Musar, or from Chazal, that there is such a concept. My question, as I looked at this uh, email that I got, was, but is there a mitzvah? That means to say, if you open the Shulchan Aruch, you open the Tur Shulchan Aruch, you look at the Minchel Shkina, is there a mitzvah? Is number 23? Is number 27? Is there a mitzvah to be B'Simcha Talmud? Yeah. Oh, okay. So but that could be that it's a constant state, you're just doing it more intensely. So it wouldn't be a necessarily a contradiction. But it could also be Marbim, you're going to increase what's not but it doesn't mean say all the time. Again, the lotion I think I think I'm right in saying that it's uh, uh, it's of course I think it's uh, supposed to be said from the Menachem of Breslav, I think. Who was a tzaddik and an Anish Kodesh, nobody's arguing about that. But I'm not sure if what you're saying, of course we say Mishanitas Adar Marbi Masimcha, in case you didn't hear what the rabbi said at the front, that means to say Mishanitas Adar, the Simcha that you have, is this going to be more? 
But that doesn't mean to say it's constant, it's not torment. The Mitzvah of the Havaz Hashem, if you look in the, uh, the Chinuch, or the Minchel Schinuch, there he says a very scary thing. He says the, minch, the Mitzvah of the Havaz Hashem is a Mitzvah to meet us. Right? Are you sitting there? No. Be Mekayim, the Mitzvah of the Havaz Hashem. Cause, says the Chinuch, and the Minchel Schinuch, if you are not, then you're over in the sea. So I wrote back to him. And I said to him, where is that mitzvah? This fellow's a rabbi. So he wrote back and he said, it's obvious. It's a posik in Devorim. And the posik in Devorim is in, um, in Devorim, Kof Ches and Mem Zion. That's right in the middle of the Teichacha, in Kisavoy. The Teichacha, when the Torah talks about the worst things, Rahman and Islam, that can happen to Klal Yisrael, that result in us losing the base of Mikdash, losing Eretz Yisrael, there the Prosik says, Memzain Takas. And this will be Takas Asher law Avadito is Hashem Adukecho. Because you didn't serve Hashem, uh, your God, Besimcha Batuv Levov. Besimcha Batuv Levov. Okay? Mirov Koil. So that would be obviously a nice posset to hang this idea if you got to be, you didn't serve Hashem Besimcha, and you've got to serve Hashem all the time. So therefore, that would be Besimcha Tommy. The only problem is, that's not what the Gemara says. When this Pesach is discussed in Shas, it's an Erechin, and it's an Erechin Yudalev. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Gemara is talking a very, it's a very interesting discussion, the Gemara, and you'll find out if you have a look there in Erechin Yudalev. The Gemara is discussing whether or not the Karbonas that are offered in the base of Mikdash do they require the, the Levim to be singing at the same time. Very interesting discussion here. And then the Gemara wants to know, where is there an idea that a mitzvah from the Torah for, the, for there to be song in the base of Mikdash? For there to be shira in the, in the base of Mikdash? And the Gemara says that, no, the, the, the idea is because of that posuk. That because, as a Shemalachem, because you didn't serve, the Gemara says, oh, maybe that posuk's referring to that when you're learning Torah. The Gemara rejects that, that answer. Maybe the Gemara is talking about Simcha and Tuvlevav is talking about the Mitzvah Bikurim. The Gemara rejects that answer. The Maskana of the Gemara is that Simcha, serving a Sam, Simcha, Tuvlevav refers to the singing in the Mitzvah Mitzvah. Huh? So that's not a riot that there's a Mitzvah to be Simcha Tomid. So again, I'm just interested, and I was interested with my friend. Where is it a mitzvah? Now again, let me repeat for the third time so we've got Chazoka. As a hashkafa, as an ambition, as a, as a, a madriga of Chasidus, a, a madriga of, of Bali Musser, of course. And if we really were Makayim, what Sharba Tokin is talking about, it would be a natural thing to be, Basimcha, all the time. But is it a mitzvah? That's the shaila. If it's a mitzvah, a girl which is 12 years of age, and a boy when he's 13 years of age, is mechuv to be besimcha tomit. If he's not, he's over. The Rambam says, we all know this famous Rambam, it's um, in Halacha Aleph of Hilchus Teshuva, and it's Dalad, Mitzvah Dalad, and he talks about things you have to do Teshuva for. And you remember there's various madrigas. If there's an assay, and you didn't do the assay, anybody want to give me an example? Give me an assay that you didn't do. Sorry? Krishma. Okay? Or you didn't put on tefillin? Then, and you do teshuva, says the Rambam. Fantastic. The, the Avera is white clean straight away. 
Suppose you did a loisase, you eat a pork sandwich, then what would that mean? Then you need to do teshuva. But that's a little bit like your shirt. I changed my shirt for tonight's shear, gentlemen, because there was a stain on it and I wanted to give cover to the oilum. I tried washing this last week and it didn't come out. I will have to try again. It's a bit like that with the loisase. You do teshuva, that's the first wash. Ah, the stain's still there. Another wash, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur itself, in and of itself, is a cleaning process. They achieve something which is apart from teshuva. That will wipe this, this lake clean. Oh, but says the Rambam, I'm not talking, of course, that the loisase involves a achiev based, achiev misa. If it's a chi of Misa, then you need regret, and you need Yom Kippur, and then suffering, land that comes to you through your lifetime, that will complete the process. Ah, oh, but that, says the Rambam, as long as it's not a chil Hashem. If it's a loisa say, and it's a chi of Misa, and there's a chil Hashem, oh, 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 then we need Shuvah, then we need uh, Yom Kippur, then we need suffering and death. This is not an encouraging piece of Rambam to teach people at Eishat Torah or Earth Zemeach or Gateways or one of these sorts of programs. But of course you should know that Rabbeinu Yaina, um, Rabbi Sternberg brings this down in his parish to the Rambam here. Rabbeinu Yaina says a person doesn't have to go through suffering or death even if you did the worst thing, even if you did a Chil Hashem, the perfect Tikkun is achieved by making a Kiddush Hashem. Without all the rest of it. But here, again, we're talking halacha. There's a set pattern to deal with things you did wrong. And if you didn't do an essay, it requires teshuva. So think back, gentlemen, over the last 24 hours. Were there any moments which you weren't thinking about the mitzvah of Ahavaz Hashem? Well, the Chinook says you're in trouble. Or what about the mitzvah of being besimkatomid, if it was a mitzvah? Was anybody, did anybody have to speak to their mother-in-law today? Were you besimchatamid? Probably not, right? So is there a mitzvah, is what I'm really considering. More than that, there is a famous maisa that happened to Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is coming out of the, this is Bamidbar Lamed Aleph, and it's Posit Dalad. Klal Yisrael is coming out of the Midbor, and they're coming into Eretz Yisrael. This is... Uh, the high spot for states like this have been working towards uh, their entire uh, journey. And when they come uh, out of Earth uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to, the, to, the, to the desert, uh, from the desert, the, the easy way to get into Israel is through Edom. Edom comes out and says, oh no, if you want to come out through my land, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> sorry, as I say, Lamanav, it's Kofalav, uh, if you want to come through my land, then it's going to be war. So Edom comes out with his army, and the Jews are told, Klal Yisrael is told by Hashem Baruch, turn back, that's back to where they came from, and go round the long way, go round his land. Now this is what the Pesach says, They go back the long way, to go out of, of, of Eretz Edom, We've talked about this Pesach before, about two years ago. Interesting notion. The Tzitzar Nefesh Ha'om Bederich. Now remember, Miriam's been Nifteris, Aaron Akon has been Nifter at this stage, and now they have to turn back. And what does Tzitzar Nefesh Ha'om mean? So I won't uh, trouble you with the Rashi inside. The Rashi says, if anything happens to a person, 
which is too much for them to understand why they deserve this. And there is no place, in mockum beliboy, there's no place in your heart to suffer the struggle that you're going through. The definition is kitzer nefesh. You become depressed. What does kitzer mean? Kitzer is to shorten, to shrink, to depress, to squish, right? Then the whole of Klal got depressed. There is a mat that a person can be on when you get depressed. Then you're not going to be Basimka Tommy for Kert, Rahman and If you get depressed, a person you've ever experienced depression in your life, when I, before I moved here from the UK, listen to this, Rabbi, say one third of the population are on, are on antidepressants. Well, it is the UK. Um, but there are, I don't suppose it's too much di- more different in the United States. If you go through a matzah that you just can't deal with, and very often in life we all go through it when we can't deal with, then it can make you depressed. Oh, what happened to me? To be as a The Manchester Rosh Hashiva, Zechatzadik Kodesh Levrocha, and you'll probably know that last week his, his oil was vandalized by, in Manchester, the was broke terrible. I was there just two weeks before, davening there. I, it's a place, a holy place to go to. Very distressing to see uh, what happened there. My late wife is buried in the same, uh, same bisque for us. Um, of course, my, one of my sons went rushing up to make sure her kebab is okay. But very, very distressing indeed. The Manchester Rosh Hashiva, in his parish to Rabbeinu Yoyinah's Shari Tshuva, where we've just heard him being quoted before, he says the following thing. There, Rabbeinu, right at the beginning, Rabbeinu Yoyna is talking in Shari Tshuva about how that it is the case that you can always do Tshuva. Never, never give up. Vim here, but Lipshur, Limra, then if a person carries on and does terrible of errors, um, if you've done terrible things, but the doors of Tshuva are never closed to you. I want to read to you what the Heiliger Manchester Rosh Hashiva uh, has to say in the subject. Along comes Rabbeinu Yaina to assure us and remind us there is no place, there is no possibility for a person to be miyaj, to despair. Sorry, if over Adam Averas called Yomov, even if a person did terrible Averas his entire life, and you really did tshuva just before you pass away, forgive him. The greatest weapon in the army of the Yitzhahora is Yish, is despair. And it fools a person to think you're useless and don't try and do tshuva. The Russians are not going to accept your tshuva. Nonsense. If you've done, you've done so much, you've been such a forshmutz to Yid, that the Russians is never going to forgive you. And as a consequence, a person become depressed, will despair, and therefore not do tshuva. And he quotes the famous Rabbi Aaron Karlina. Listen to this. Even though that depression in and of itself is not an avera. There's another one you won't find in the Shulchanorach and the Mechitzkinach. You know, lav number 79, thou shalt not become depressed. There is no such lav. There is no assay to be simicatomid. There is no love not to become depressed. Afal Pekin, even though that's the case, on the Masha Atsus Yachum Ligrain, but what depression is able to achieve in destroying a yid in Shum Avera Acheras Yachola Ligrain. 
is something which is unsurpassed in its ability to destroy a Jew in his connection to Hashem is Baruch. So a person can become depressed. A person can't deal with the matzah that they find themselves in. So a person, when I lost my wife, or Rahman Islam, a person loses a child, or you lose your business and, and things go wrong. So you're going through all that struggle and you're not being Makayim to be specific. You've got to do Shuva for that as well. The Manchester Rosh Hashiva, as I think it's appropriate to mention him, I once was davening with him in a hotel on the south coast of England in a town called Bournemouth. And I was spending a Shabbos there. Now, there's another Mancunian here, um, although he's, I think he's a bit too young for us. Did you ever see Dabin the Rosh Hashiva? Your daddy used to Dabin the Rosh Hashiva. Did you ever Dabin? Oh, so he will be made on this, but this. this you also Dabin the Rosh Hashiva? Oh, so you will know that uh, these things here goes off camera, dramatic moment, comes back to camera. Um, these things here, every time the Manchester Rosh Hashiva Dabin Shaman Esra, he went through a box of these. Is this true? He went through up crying and crying. People came with sorrows all over the world, with sick children and sick husbands and sick wives and sick parents and terrible matzovim. And he really broke his heart over this. And it was just dabbling watching him. It was, you felt your dabbling was, was a joke. Compared, this, this was really, he was the, as, the, as many Gadonim said, he was the Makor of Tefillah in, that, in, our, in well, my generation, uh, in our generation, in that generation. And he didn't sort of turn around and somebody, I mean, there's a mitzvah of Nosibah Oilem Chavere, feeling somebody suffering as though it's your own suffering. So somebody comes and says, my child's got cancer, Rahman al-Islan, and the Rebbe is, oh, nothing to worry about, oh, Gamzu don't say Gamzu Latoiva to a father with a child with cancer. Cry with him because he's in extreme pain. And don't turn around and say, oh, hold on a minute. Have you never heard of the mitzvah of being besimchotomid? This is nonsense. They, now, of course, oh, oh, I mean, maybe we could even ask the question. There was, a, there was a, a yid who used to live in Yerushalayim a while back. It was called Shlomo HaMelech. We generally believe that he was quite clever, no? Doesn't he say in Kehelis? In Peret Gimel, there's a, tri a time to laugh and a time to cry. And of course, the halacha is when you go to a Shiva house and somebody's sitting Shiva, then the mitzvah, now we're talking mitzvah, is to don't say a thing unless they speak to you because you might make things worse. They're in extreme pain. They're in agony. Emotional pain. For you to turn around and, and start to tell them, you know, uh, now, there's a famous, um, I used to, before I, I moved to, to America, I used to have a very large uh, Sifria, uh, about that size there, um, over there, all this for him. And, um, and it's actually very nice to be able, I couldn't bring them all, so I, I had to uh, give them away before I moved here. It's actually a nice thing to be able to give away your for him, um, not in the usual way. Normally when you're giving your for him or giving away, it's because... Um, you're away as well. Uh, but here it was actually quite nice to give away also. I, I, I'm regretting like crazy. I tried this week to buy a tour Shulchan Aruch, which I gave away. Do you know how much a tour Shulchan Aruch is these days? Oy vey. Anyway, I'm regretting that one. Anyway, so, you know, I, I, I gave away all these, all these svarim. And uh, it's something which uh, I regret that the, one of the svarim I gave away was a, a, a sefer of the Chasm Seifer. It was, I think it was called Chutam Ashulish, 
the Ksaf Sofer, the Chasm Sofer, I can't remember who, who else. And in it, the Chasm Sofer, don't be offended, wrote a letter as to why he was a misnagged. Right? You see pictures of the Chasm Sofer, and of course, a Hungarian Yid, and, you know, and the great leader of the, of the Haredi world, and the, rebe- the reaction, the counter-revolution against the reform um, toxin that was spreading through Klalisrael. And he writes there why he's a misnagged. Now, I don't think anybody today would be upset by this. So, this is what he said. He said there is a Shulchan Aruch, and the Shulchan Aruch applies to everyone. There is no Shulchan Aruch for Chumras. That's what he wrote. What he meant was that it, for you, and now I'll speak as a Litvite, there's a famous story of a, a Yid who went to the Vilna Gon, who was, I think he slept half an hour a day, and he was trying to copy the behavior of the Vilna Gon, and the Vilna Gon said, I know my koichas, I can do this, you can't. You must abandon this. But he didn't, and the fellow died. He couldn't do this. For you to, I don't know, if you were to, suppose you're interested in getting in shape. You want to, the winter is coming to an end. It's a shame. And you want to get into, you put on a little bit of poundage over the winter. People, people do that. <coughs> uh, and you want to, so you want to go a little bit jogging, something like that. So suppose, I suppose it's Meglach, here in Munsee, the Heilige Munsee, there's a fellow in the corner, you know, just next to Satmar or Bell, something like that, who's an Olympic sprinter. Yankel Schmerl. He's an Olympic sprinter, right? And he runs for the American uh, team. So you go out with him, you know, running one day, and you try to keep up with him. What two words are likely to happen to you? One begins with H, the other with A. Have you got this? Because if you try and copy somebody physically who's super athlete, and you try, you can maybe run maybe... I think I could maybe run a yard, and that's it, and that give up, and, you, and off he goes into the. But the same in Ruchnius. If you try and copy the behaviour of a tzaddik god, think of the Divri Yoel, think of the Belzerebi, the Gerebi, and the Litvish world, the Ramagon, as we just said, then you're not likely to succeed. So therefore, that's what the Chasim Seifer was saying. The Chasim Seifer was saying, for you to try and pattern yourself, and somebody, oh, the, the basics, the halot, the sectari, I admit, so yeah. But to try and pattern yourself on something way, way beyond that, that's dangerous. That's why he's a misnagat. Incidentally, I don't know, I've no, I'm friendly with a couple of Hasidic Rebbe's. <laughs> we fawn all the time. But I think if I was to ask them, should somebody try and cop, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a Rebbe, a Tzaddik as your Rebbe, forget, everybody should. But to try and live the same as the Tzaddik and his Bedrega? So could it be the case that a person, a, a Tzaddik is... Is a tzaddik ever sad? I think the Manchester Rosh Hashiva was a tzaddik. And he often was sad, at least on behalf of other people. One of my good friends, a huge Baal Mashallah, Talmud Chochem, we often speak together on the circuit, he said that he wanted to defend this idea of Besimcha Tomid, and he wanted to say that Be'emes, it's, it's possible for a person to get to Madriga. that would explain why Yermiyohu, or Yishiyohu, who's Nevius, referred to the destruction of the base of Mikdosh, because a Nabi can only give Nevius Besimcha, Betoy Simcha, but how could you, talking about Jews being killed, how many Jews were killed at the time in the first base of Mikdosh, I don't know. At the time in the second base of Mikdosh, I do know, three million. So how could you, t- how could you give them the Nidiyas? About three million Jews, half a holocaust. How could you do such a thing? If you're in such a madriga, then maybe you understand Gamzul the Teuvah. Fantastic, but that's not why, why Rubenstein. I don't get that. And therefore, do I have to be 
every day realizing that I've got one day we'll have to get Dean Bekeshman because I was depressed because my wife passed away or somebody else depressed because the child died or they lost the business. That's if it's a mitzvah. If it's a hashkofa, if it's an ambition, that's a different story. Remember, I just want to read this quickly to you. Um, in Mikhtam Milion, Hewi, I read this to you about six months ago. But uh, Rabbi Desta here tells a story about one of his Talmudim. And the Talmud was um, somebody who waited a long time to have a child. When he had a child, the child was a boy, and he says, we all know that the most exciting experience of any of our lives is the arrival of our first child. It's unbelievable. However, if the simcha that you feel when you become a father for the first time is you know, the, the zenith of, of simcha that a person can feel, that's nothing compared to the simcha that a father feels when he has his first child if he's not, if he's not been able to have a child easily, or he never thought he would have a child. And if you've ever known anybody like that, and, the, and along comes the bracha of a child, it's unbelievable. That's what happened here. And this father had a child, a little boy, and he loved him the way Rabbi Dessa writes it, the way that he, more than he loved himself. Listen to this. I'll read this to you. After a long time, he had a son. He was so proud of him, he loved him like he loved himself. Despite that fact, sometimes, just for a split second, there would come into his mind a machshava and he wanted to kill him. Kill him? What? Listen. When a crazy thought came into his mind, he pushed it out, he was so upset, and he came to Rabbi Desga to discuss how such a possibility could, where did that come from? Where would that come from? It doesn't say it, but I've got a picture of Rabbi Desga smiling. I said to him, does your little gorgeous boy sometimes wake you up in the middle of the night? Um, do we all remember that little babies do that? Yeah. Um, and not only that, he says, or interrupts your plans and schedules in other ways. Yeah, they do that too. Well, He says, your mida of anoichi. Which you've not been attacking at the depths of your heart, at the subconscious level, plays its part. And he says, um, And the meter of Gaiva, that you have, that we all have, anybody that gets in my way doesn't deserve to live. And even though that's a huge contradiction to the love that he has for his son, there's a place in the heart of everybody for many steers. Interesting. Deep and interesting. Now, he goes on to say that the Gedolim and the, and the Ovois the Gedonim and the Ovis, their whole avoider, 
was not dealing at the conscious level, but was dealing at the subconscious level. And he brings the example of when the Malachim say to Avram that Sarah is going to have a child, and Sarah hears this, and what was her reaction? She laughs. And then she denies it and said, I, di I didn't laugh. When Hashem says, why did she laugh? I didn't laugh. How could Sarah deny that? Rabbi Dessa says, Hashem is telling at the subconscious level. At the subconscious level you laughed. She wasn't aware of it. He's telling you you've got more avoided to do on your madriga. Call a godl mechaber yitzrach godl imenu. So for gedoyim, for tzaddikim, they're dealing with at the subconscious level and madrigas that you and I can't deal with. Uh, you think of the Klausenberger Rebbe. How many children did he lose in the Corbin? How many was eleven? Eleven. And what he went on to do. As the Satmarov said, you find a yid after the camps, you know, if you want a broker and you find a yid with a number in there, go and ask him. There are people who are just beyond us, but that's the point, they're beyond us. I don't even want to say the words, but could you imagine being the Klausenberger Rebbe? What would you be like? <laughs> but he was a giant, he was high like a Klausenberger Rebbe. But for, I don't want to say anybody, but for, for an average Jew, to lose 11 children? This is Yechidim. Maybe there could be Bibasim, I'm not sure. But Tomid? And for us to be like that, there is no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah. However, again, there's a shkafa, there's a, a direction you should be going in, but you don't have to give Din Vacheshman the fact that, you know, 24 7 in your life for 365 days, for 120 years, you, you, know, you slipped up for a moment and you weren't the simcha. However, I wonder if there's a new, a different way of looking at this idea of being besimcha tomit. Uh, the Cedar Agro says something which is very, very interesting in Haidu, which we say, of course, in Shachris. It says the, uh, the, the following words: Yismecha shemaim besogel oritz. Yismecha shemaim besogel oritz. Simcha yismechu shemaim besogel. The word to be gal to be. Have a Nagila, as a song like that. That is Ba'oritz. What's the difference between the two? So he says, this is the Vilnagon. The Vilnagon says, Navni Elio. The Vilnagon says, a new, something new that you discover. Exact, the example, exact example we gave. A father has a son for the first time. Then that is called Simcha. A, a, a happiness, a rejoicing that comes for the first time, the word Simcha applies. I've mentioned here many times, in Lashon HaKadosh there is no such thing as a synonym. Right? You could say Enosh, Ish, Gibor, uh, Adam. Translating that in English it would all be man, 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 man. However, of course, there are no synonyms, synonyms in Lashon HaKadosh. It means different aspects of a man. We've got different words, Gila, Rina, Ditsu, Chedva, Simcha, different words for rejoicing and happiness. The difference between, says the Vilnagon, Simcha and, uh, and, um, and Sogel is that Simcha is something new. You had a child for the first time. That level of joy. But any nachas you get from your son or your daughter after that, Sogil. That's down here but Orich. Simcha equals something new. Hmm. So, Chidush equals Simcha. Rabbi Cheskel Levenstein in his Ori Cheskel in the Chedek called Amuna, page Resh Hay, says an interesting thing. Uh, gentlemen, we're coming up to Pesach. I know we're going to Purim first, but we're coming up to Pesach. Uh, we're coming up to Pesach, 
And of course, you're supposed to see yourself as though you went out from Mitzrayim. Um, and therefore, he says, the problem is that I've never been able to do that. The problem is, he says, whenever I, you know, I'm, I'm saying over the stories of, and the, the Chedushim, it never sets me in fire. The way it should. This is Rechazel Levenstein speaking. And he says, why? It's because of Hergel. Because we've heard the same stories over and over again. I just told my Chavrusa in Yeshiva this morning, there was a, a famous Rosh Yeshiva on his deathbed, and his Talmudim were all around the belt, and he said, Rebbe, Rebbe, tell us a Devar Torah. To, to die with Torah in your lips is, is a very special Indian. And the Rebbe told them the most wonderful Devar Torah, that, and they all, they're all looking at each other, nodding. Then he started to cry. And he said, Rebbe, why are you, why are you crying? You're dying with Torah on your lips. And he just looked at him and he shook his head and said, Old Torah. It's old Torah. It's not new. I won't be able to learn new Torah. Then it's, it's old Torah. Rebbechezka Levinson says that we say the wonderful Debrit Torah, the stories of Yitzhak Yitzhak and the Nisim, which should blow us away, as they say in the Heintekesprach. But it doesn't. Why? Because we've learned these stories as children. And what happens is, it's, it, you know, when you get inoculated, what happens when you get an injection for measles and smallpox and these sorts of things? They take the dead bacteria, the, it's got to be dead bacteria, they inject into your body, your body's defense mechanism recognizes it, but it's not going to damage you. And your body knows to make the antibodies, and therefore if you come into the real contact with the stuff, your body itself destroys it. That's, how, that's the theory. In a sense, he writes, the way to get rid of the, of the uh, uh, or rather the problem that stops us getting into the Gvaldig and Nisim Mitzrayim is we were taught it as kids. And we're inoculated against it. The only solution, he says, the whole interesting article there, the only a, a solution could be, is you've got to somehow tear up everything you ever learned as a child about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Which is a hard thing to imagine. Rabbi Dessler, he's got a different approach. Rabbi Dessler in Chelek Hay, in page 24. Rabbi Dessler says the following thing. And I've got to read this to you because it's so incredibly interesting. The Kriya Shema, it says in Kriya Shema, the, the, the words of the Torah which I'm teaching you today have to be in your heart. And Chazal famously say, what does it mean, Hayoim, which I'm commanding you today, it's got to be like a whole new thing. It's got to be so new and so exciting that it creates within you interest. Once again, it's really answering the same question as we just heard. But that was a Tanai Rishna Krishma, and that's a Tanai of Krishma. Fine. Lama, ki belize ha hergel mafsid eses boinus akol and shorach shal koras ruchnius. Because hergel, taking it for granted, mitzvah anoshim milamoda, as the Gemara talks about, or the Possek talks about, then that robs you from the, of the ability to be excited and to be interested. But Yudua Shibini Adam in Roynes and Nes Shibateva Machmas Koyach Hergel, and all of us don't see the Nisim we're surrounded with every day. That's what we say in Shema. Sorry, in the in the Amida. Banisekesh Bekol Yomimono, because we're used to it, and that's why Avram Avinu discovered Hashem when he was four years of age, 
because when he was taken out of the cave after the Gezerah against the children was lifted, he sees the world for the first time. He didn't have any hergal. How could this happen? And, and he examines it with the mind of a genius, which he had. And he comes to the, the obvious conclusion there was a creator. It's because, her, but we don't. Normal children, because you grow up with it. It's hergal, you're used to it. It needs to be chidush in order to get you thinking, get you excited. People say Vido every day. He gives an example, like in Nusach Safard. Then it's not the same excitement as it is for a Nusach Ashkenaz man when it comes to Yom and Neroim. And you're saying it, well, Vido, it's a big thing. But if you're doing it all the, day, all the time, then it takes away the, 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 the skadras and the, the excitement of the whole thing. Okay. But therefore he says, how could you make Shema? But you've got to say every day is so exciting that it's like brand new. Going deeply. Because the more you go into in depth and reach new depths to the extent you find something new and it generates the following word. W-O-W. Wow! When you're learning and you find stuff that makes you go, wow! That's when you get sympathetic. What's it like when you find a Kiddush? When you're learning about Torah and you can hardly wait to see it over. And I've told you before, I get so excited by the sentence, my favourite sentence is, I don't know. Because somebody asks me a question, I don't know the answer, go away and look it up, and then you find the answer, wow! And you're excited because Kiddush brings Simcha. And that itself throws away hergo because you've got something new that brings you simcha. So he says, I want to tell you what the what the Chazal say. Kutsha Bricho Hashem himself, Chadi is happy, but Papula Daraisa, people go deeply, people in Torah. He's happy when he finds the people learning Torah. When they're going deep. When you're going deep, you're getting excited. When you're getting excited, then you're Basimcha. That's when the Roshan begets Basimcha with us. When we've got Basimcha, that must mean ego deep. In page 218 of Mikta Melior, um, Rabbi Dessler. Brings, uh, I find this very exciting. It's, uh, I think it's a Chilik Dalad actually. Hold on. Yeah, in page 218 of Chilik Dalad, he says the following thing. Listen to this. He quotes his, uh, he learned, of course, in Kelm, and he was, he was a, a grandson of Rab Simcha Zissel, the art of Kelm. It was always in the tongue, always in the lips of Rab Simcha Zissel. After he learned Torah, Yaskam Tomid, he would always say, How did I see things? How did I think before I learned this piece of Torah? And what's been Nishadish Liato? Well, how do I see it differently? Have I found Chidush there? I'm jumping up and down, I'm excited. There is a way to be Besimcha Tomid apart from the Hashkofa Derech. That we talked about as a Derek Lutz. Again, that is Ashkofa, not a mitzvah. But there's a way to find Simcha Tomid, and that is when you're learning to be Be'i and Tomid. If from Simcha, this is just to say, what did, I, what did I get new out of what I learned? What's changed in me? 
A question I think we can reasonably ask ourselves when it comes to an Erev Shabbos, as we come to know, is in the last week, what did I learn new in the Torah? Did we find one Kiddush, just one Kiddush, in the Torah that I can hardly wait to say over, to tell over? And it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, it can be a Rashi, it can be a Tysus, it can be a Ritvo, it can be a, a Sefer Shkofa, a Sefer Musa, say, a, a, a Sefer, Sefer Chassidus, or something that happens to you in your life when you interact and you saw the, Hashem, the Yad Hashem in your life. What happened this week that I saw Chidosh that changed the way I saw things? So I want to tell you, I can't go into all details and it's just too, uh, too new, but yesterday, what day was yesterday? Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday, yes, Wednesday. I was in court. I was in court. I was being sued. I've never been sued before. Um, somebody sued me because I hadn't paid for work that the person had done. Which is true. Because the person hadn't been able to finish the job. So therefore, I couldn't pay him for all the work because he hadn't been able to finish the job because the police arrested him and threw him out off the job. I won't tell you what he did, it was very unpleasant. But he sued me because he wanted all the money. What the poor fellow didn't realise was there was a video recording of what he did. And so when he stood up in the small claims court to explain that, I mean he sounded, you know, he was basically, you know, the Balshemtov. I mean he was, I'm a tzaddik gomer. And this happened and I, and I tried my best to get back. He missed out the fact that he'd been arrested. Um, and that's why he didn't finish the job. And, um, and he's explaining this to the court. And so I had to stand up and say, you know what, uh, this gentleman is simply lying to the court. The reason he didn't uh, finish the job is not because his version of the story, a misunderstanding, it was because the police had arrested him. And he oh, it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. And I said, and I have here the video. <laughs> I opened my, my, what do you call it, laptop, and played the picture, because somebody had videoed the fellow being schlepped off. Um, he, he dropped the case against me at that point. So we were driving back from the court, um, this is in Lakewood, we were driving back from the court, and I said to my wife, what mustard rusher do you take about what happened to us? So she had all sorts of burners. I said, what I take from the fact is that he didn't know that he was being videoed. I don't know what camera was being used when he was videoed. And cameras are different. We've got the, this very hush of camera here, which is very high quality. But one thing is certain. It's not nearly as accurate as the camera that is watching every single aspect of our lives 24-7. And this, I just saw this fellow just standing there with such gaiva and just shake her gomer. No, and I didn't. And he just went like this. And I thought to myself, what's on my video at the moment? What's on my video? What? I mean, it's, we all know this. This is a bit like Rabbi Yechezko Levinson was saying. We've all heard this. It's Kindler we've heard this. But the Chiddush was seeing somebody's face. Never. And incidentally, I get no pleasure out of seeing this fellow lose. Give me no, I felt very sorry because he, he behaved so badly, this fellow. He did behave terribly badly. But he was a hit. And it upset me greatly. I mean, I was quite happy to win because I didn't want to give, you know, this naughty person money. Uh, after Alpi came, I didn't like to see it.
the busher. You should have seen the guy. And it was all lies. And you know, he was such a year that he was probably believing his lies. Until I opened the computer and showed them the video that somebody had sent me. And he went, whoosh. What Hiddish did I learn this week? Not the Kinderluck story. The Rabbanishams looking. Yeah, yeah. Fine, good, good, yeah, yeah. Who pays attention? I saw it! And I didn't have to be upstairs saying goodbye to my Sforim uh, to see this one. I saw it with my own eyes what happens when you're lying through your teeth, you're lying to people, you're standing in front of a, of a court, and somebody shows you the video. Boof! Gone. That was my Kiddush for this week. And attack it, as you can see. It can be besimcha. Not besimcha because this poor fellow. I just feel sorry for the fellow. But besimcha, I got a glance of what I should be thinking about for myself. So that's a good question. What did we learn this week that gave us taka a bit of something? Did we go deep into something? Was a nice, nice chassidish or a lifish or a gemara, a taisa, a That's simcha, Tommy.